Sports Week Info, college football picks, predictions, betting information. This is the card here on Friday, November the 8th. I'm your host, Tony T. We got Joe Duffy ready to talk some college football. We'll bring Joe Duffy here in just a second. I want to let you guys know how to listen to our podcast, Sports Pick Info. If you would go over to Apple iTunes in that search box, type in Sports Pick Info and subscribe. Download, rate, and review. We greatly appreciate it. We also broadcast our shows over YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Our channel ID, Sports Pick Info. Segment today is brought to you by Sports Shed Experts, where all the top cappers in the nation post their plays individually on a guaranteed win basis. We have leaderboards and more showcasing top cappers. We'll have a coupon code to share with you just about a little later in the show. But we want to bring into the show right now Joe Duffy, who you'll find over at Sports Shed Experts, some college football. Joe, how you doing? We've hit the uh, month of November now. Now it's uh, things get serious in college football. It certainly is, Tony T. I mean, you know, stuff is pretty serious all year long for me, but as far as being a college football fan, this is really a great time of the year. I hear there's a pretty big uh, game in the SEC this weekend as well. We're not going to be talking about that tonight, but yeah, and as we know, you know, Thanksgiving's always the great rivalry games and whatnot, so it's definitely time to plop on the couch. Not that I don't do that year-round, but really a good time to plop on the couch and watch some winners. Absolutely, no doubt about that. And of course, Joe Duff, you listen to him on the podcast. You visit him on the sites, Picks and Parlays, and the Sports Chat. You'll see he delivers winners as well as on the Picks and Parlays radio show. He's a, a frequent contributor. All right, Joe, we'll get started here with our Friday college football. We got UCF and Tulsa heading to uh, going head to head here. See, UCF on the road laying 17 total sits here at 69 and a half. Of course, Tulsa they got hit with their seventh loss. No bull for you. Uh, teams the, uh, t- teams in these type of conferences don't get in at five and seven five game losing streak. Of course, UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel not as accurate on the road. Both defeats have come on the road for UCF by mm-hmm. to pit by one, Cincinnati by three. But uh, they're going to be laying seventeen here at a Tulsa team. Yeah, Tony T. Way back in the day, you know, before I had this great computer software, I probably would have really pounded uh, Tulsa in this game, and and I still do like Tulsa, but. It fits in the, what I used to weigh a lot heavier, kind of my, uh, what I used to call the dichotomous straight up and ATS theory, where if a team is winning outright but not covering, or if a team is losing outright but they are covering, you want to ride this spread streak because it's usually a good way to isolate um, teams that are overvalued and undervalued. And here you have, obviously, UCF is the much hotter team straight up, but not so much ATS. UCF has dropped five of six in the back pocket. And there's an obvious reason for that. Those style points motivation are gone. They're no longer, they, they can't claim the national championship anymore. Um, it would take a lot of things to happen for them to get that New Year's Day berth where the, the highest rated conference champion that's uh, it does get a New Year's Bowl that's outside of the Power Five. They're, they're pretty much eliminated from that. So, there's no more motivation for them to really crush teams. They don't have to make a statement. You know, Tulsa's bad as they've been playing two and seven, but yet they've covered three of their last five. And they've played their best against the best this year. They lost to SMU and Memphis by a combined seven points. Uh, they lost to Michigan State earlier this year. Oklahoma State, Cincinnati is a very good team. So they are, they're definitely tested, you know, baptism by fire, as I like to say. And the fact that they've really risen to the occasion, they're, they're a team that basically, like I said, they're, uh, you want to bet on them when they're playing quality teams, maybe not so much when they're playing inferior teams. And I do like that, you know, with, with UCF, uh, they have a very nice offensive line. They go deep at the running back position. But what that also tells me is they can kind of run out the clock when they do have a lead late. They can protect it. They're, 
you know, they're not as high powered as they were in previous years. Now the total is 69 and a half. So for me to say that, you know, they're not high powered at all, that would be ridiculous. But as far as just laying 17 points on the road, I don't know, against a, a team that continues to be pretty competitive against quality opponents, got to like the points here. All right, can't argue that. Sports speaking, we're here joined by Joe Duffy. We'll continue our rundown here. Some Pac-12, uh, Washington, Oregon State here with Washington, LA in 10, total 65. You know, kind of Washington filled really their toughest scheduling stretch, back-to-back -back losses to Utah and Oregon. Oregon State 4-4, four and four, and they have a shot at a bowl. They've covered a five or six behind their quarterback, senior quarterback, and a pretty good passing attack. So here we go. Oregon State at home laying 10. Or actually, say Oregon State getting 10 at home. Total sits at 65. Well, what does worry me here, Tony T, is you're right. Oregon State, this is a rare chance for them to play in a bowl game. And again, what's one of my golden rules? You cannot manufacture emotion. This is a very big home game for Oregon State. For them to make a bowl, you know, it would be equivalent of, you know, like an LSU going to the Final Four. Maybe that's exaggerating a little bit, but not, not all that much. Oregon State has definitely been a terrible team, but they're pretty competitive uh, this year. However, you fade home underdogs off of the win in which they had 550 or more yards the previous week offensively. Uh, fading such teams are 87 and 57. That's 60%. That would favor Washington. And again, it makes sense. Kind of using the odds maker's knowledge against them. They're telling you that for Oregon State to uh, cover this game, they're going to have to have another ridiculous offensive effort. Also, surprising, well, maybe not surprising since we talked about Oregon State's having a good year. One of the reasons is they're not turning over the ball. But when you're talking about a team this deep into the season, home teams with two or fewer turnovers in game eight or later are also a go against 58 and 47. Again, that makes sense. I always say that turnovers, there's a certain amount of luck um, to that. I think that's more of a lag indicator than a lead indicator. And for the most part, teams with more turnovers or undervalued teams with fewer turnovers are, are, uh, are overvalued. Um, so that it's, again, they've got to maintain that. Now, you know, Oregon State, they were overpowered by Utah physically. Washington's not quite as physical, but they're, you know, they're in the same ballpark. I do think Washington can wear them down um, physically. You know, on the flip side, yes, Oregon State, there's no question they're going to be motivated. They're going to have a big home crowd. But now they're no longer can sneak up on teams. All of a sudden they're feeling some pressure for the first time. So, again, the motivation versus pressure. I, I really think that, if anything, maybe the fact they're starting to feel a little bit of pressure isn't such a, a good uh, thing. And, you know, also, um, no, only one wide receiver has gotten over 100 yards this year against Washington. For OSU to have a chance, they got to have Isaiah Hodgins, has to have a very big game. I just think Washington matches up uh, pretty well, and I'm actually going to lay the big lumber. All right, Sports Big joined by Joe Duffy. Yeah, you got to look here at Chris Peterson with his team, really not in the Pac-12 race anymore. And you kind of wonder, how, how will a team respond? Uh, Peterson, yeah. to me, looks like someone who really put put the pressure on these these kids to turn their season around. Yeah, but but I can also see, look, I would not argue if somebody countered, you know, the quote-unquote intangibles that this game is a little bit more important to Oregon State or Washington. I've, you know, I've seen people say, well, are they going to quit? Are they going to tank it? Teams don't do that. And, and usually once I hear 
you know, somebody speculate that a team is going to pack it in is usually when you want to bet on them, kind of a contrarian type thing. But still, this is, you know, disappointing season for Washington. So, yeah, Peterson's a heck of a coach. He's He's been successful um, wherever he's been. He was enormously successful at, at Boise. But still, I think it's a little bit tough to, to get your team up for this game. I do think, you know, the intangibles don't bode all that well for Washington. But I just think they're just going to wear them down. They're going to be physical. And I think Oregon State, the computer says, they're kind of in for a little bit of a letdown here. Yeah, I and mean, also, too, you got to look at this with Chris Peterson. I think it really starts with the head coach. You know, students, if it's a, if it's the teacher there or if he, he's down and, and it's like a substitute teacher situation where the players, I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to lax a little bit. I kind of, That's how I kind of look at things like that. Yeah. Well, no, there's there's zero question. He is one of the better um, motivators in the country. He's a very successful coach. And yeah, you know, the, he'll remember this for guys that are underclassmen. He's going to remember who gives uh, their entire effort. And Washington, though, they're still, they are still the better team. But I do think the biggest edge Oregon State has here is probably the fact that they are playing such a very big home game. And I, I would give the intangible leaning towards Oregon State, if you're old enough to, you know, to remember when Jimmy the Greek and Brent Musburger used to do it and they'd have the all the check marks. I would definitely put the check mark in the Oregon State column when it comes to the intangibles, but as far as just the, the physicality and the situation, I do think the road favorites a pretty good play. You know, Joe, we're moving into November in college football. We know you really have that database it's with, a, with a lot of information there. Are there any things that you really look for in November? Uh, is it any different than any of the other months of the season? Well, yeah, one of the things wouldn't really apply this week, but in a couple weeks I've looked up, I've definitely researched the so-called, you know, double-digit rivalry, go go with the double-digit rivalry underdog. It's not true at all. If anything, it's a little bit of a go against. You really want to go with the bigger favorites in uh, rivalries. Now, that being said, usually when you get around like 7 to 14 and the underdog's in a true spoiler situation where they could destroy their opponents you know their rivals year maybe that's when you kind of lean towards the underdog but do not fall into that um underdog rivalry uh trap that's just just not true you know a lot of people are going to say oh geez you know thanksgiving weekend they're going to be betting all the 12 point underdogs all the 14 point underdogs and it's definitely not true that's definitely one of the things that that jumps out because i kept hearing it over and over i'm like i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna um research this and it turned out to not be true but not necessarily completely in reverse. I would say as a general rule of thumb, uh, if you were to, to take the 10 biggest rivalries and see how double-digit underdogs do, you'd probably find out the favorites hit at about 52, 53%, I would say. All right, Sports Big Info here, joined by Joe Duffy. We took a look here at college football here for Thursday's card, and our segment today was brought to you by Sportshead Experts, where all the top cappers in the nation post their plays individually on a guaranteed win basis. Leaderboards and more showcasing in top cappers. Right now, when you use that coupon code TONYT, you'll be able to get a 15% uh, discount at checkout, so be sure to check it out over at at uh, Sportshead Experts, and you'll be able to find Joe Duffy up there. 30-day pass right now for 349, get all of Joe's plays from college football, NBA, college basketball is now in play. Get them all right now, as well as NFL and college football. 349, use the coupon code TONYT at checkout, and you'll get a savings there of 15% off at the checkout. All right, uh, we got Joe Duffy here. He's going to stick around. We're going to have some more conversations with Joe here. I want to put that coupon code up for you guys to check it out here. 
Coupon code is TonyT. That's 15% off at the checkout. All right, Joe Duffy's hanging around. We've got some college basketball or segment to talk about here. We've got some good matchups to talk about. So those of you watching us live, hang on. We're just going to reset the show. For those of you listening or checking us out on segments, check the timeline for Joe Duffy's college basketball. And we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.